Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. For the past several podcasts, we've been focusing on the theme that, in our opinion, the biggest risk facing our country today is what we call the battle between the haves and have-nots, and that it will continue to be so, if not for decades, at least for some time to come. As such, we want to drill down, to consider it from as many angles as we can. Last time, for example, we discussed how the recent emergence of unions and unionization at companies like Starbucks may be a manifestation of this clash, especially now with the success they've had with the automotive and entertainment industries, shutting production down in the former for weeks and the latter for months. But strikes raged across other industries as well, from airline pilots to UPS delivery workers. In fact, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in October alone, there was the equivalent of four and a half million days of idleness due to work stoppages nationwide. This aggressive us versus them, management is the enemy, perspective now seems to be spreading to the EU, which is it's long been a bastion of collective bargaining. But the Nordic nations of Denmark and Sweden, where 90% of workers are already members, are suddenly banding together to force individual companies to join and are threatening them and to put them out of business if they don't, even when the company's employees haven't even asked for it, and there's no law requiring companies to do so. Well, this week, we want to talk about housing. As Scarlett O'Hara said in the movie Gone with the Wind, land's the only thing that lasts. It's a tangible asset, and there's only so much of it which is why over time it's been one of the better asset classes to own. For example, since 1992, stock has outperformed real estate by nearly 2 to 1, at 9.65% versus 5.3% on an annual basis. But since 1950, while the S&P 500 returned an average of 10.75%, residential property came in at 106 and it has done so with far fewer booms and busts. And as we know, the COVID pandemic created a boom in remote work and work from home, and people moved in droves to more affordable suburbs, so that 2020 was a record-setting year in housing prices. The problem, of course, according to the Census Bureau's 2022 survey, is that just under 10% of those under the age of 35 are homeowners, while 74% of all homes 
are owned by people over 50. The fact is, the value of household wealth by percentile shows that the bottom 25% only have $16,560 on average to their name, versus over $600,000 for the top 25 and $1.6 million for the top 10. 34% of that wealth is in retirement accounts, but other than stock and mutual funds at 11.9%, the next almost 30% net of their mortgage is in the equity of their home, and everything else falls to single digits. In other words, while income inequality for young men and women may finally be narrowing, wealth is not, and housing's a big part of that. It certainly doesn't help that mortgage rates on a 30-year fixed loan have surged past 7.5% recently, that banks have reduced their lending, and that the cost of insurance, if you can get it, has, in Florida, for example, more than tripled, rising to $6,000 a year compared to the national average of 1700 New construction development fell last year by 41%, which is the greatest drop in nearly a decade, and this suggests there will be a slowdown in supply for the next two years at least. And the fact, according to CBRE research, is it's less affordable now than ever to buy a home, even though rents have been on the rise as well, at least until recently. The cost of buying a home is still 52% higher in the U.S. than the average rent for an apartment. That said, Meredith Whitney, who was at one point considered the Oracle of Wall Street for forecasting the financial crisis of 2008, just came out with a paper saying she believes that more than 30 million units will come to market next year as older boomers need to downsize to pay for the cost of getting older and that this will turn the supply-demand economics we've enjoyed for so long on its head. It'll be a silver tsunami, she says, when they begin to sell with a vengeance. And younger people, even though they may have made great strides when it comes to income, still won't be able to afford those homes. And there's going to be pressure on U.S. housing. That is, a crash when it comes to home prices. That seems a little extreme, Barnaby. For example, the statistics show the divorce rate for people 65 and older tripled from 1990 to 2021, and that this in and of itself may create new competition for housing. And that, along with the fact older millennials and Gen X and Gen Z have delayed buying a home for so long, suggests there's plenty of pent-up demand and therefore things might not be as bad as Miss Whitney predicts. Home prices may indeed go sideways or even fall a bit, which I think might not be such a bad thing, especially for younger people hoping to buy a home. We need a chance to catch our breath. And regarding Meredith, she was a bank analyst. Remember how only a few years later she made that chicken little call on the municipal bond market when she said there, there would be a lot of failures, and there weren't. The fact is, because of quantitative easing and ultra-low interest rates for nearly nine years, from 2013 to 2022, when interest rates finally began to rise, she missed a great opportunity to make a lot of money for herself and her clients. So, 
I just think she tends to be a bit bearish in her outlook, and we need to take her call with a grain of salt. Well, that's always true, Lori, that we need to take everything with a grain of salt. But it's our job to look around corners and to anticipate what might go wrong. And if there's enough evidence to support even the possibility of a given risk, to help clients prepare for it in advance. In this case, her demographic argument, given the boomers need to downsize to pay for the cost of healthcare, because as we said, their home tends to be where most of their net worth is tied up, the distinction we've made about wealth versus income inequality, and the fact that today, the U.S. has the lowest rate of household formation since they started keeping track 60 years ago. There's enough of a possibility in case a client of ours is even thinking about selling their home in the next few years, they might want to do so sooner rather than later. Well, the biggest losers due to the work-from-home revolution have been office and retail property owners as cities have been hollowed out by the dramatic drop in commuters and the biggest winners have been the workers themselves who considered the ability to work from home the equivalent of an 8% pay increase. But it's true. If young men continue to spend most of their time betting on DraftKings and young women keep going to Taylor Swift concerts and taking selfies of themselves to share with their friends, they're not going to form new households or have children anytime soon. Well, then you'll be right. That buying a home will be the last thing on their minds when this supply comes to market. It's certainly something to think about. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, you'll share it with friends, family, and associates so they can enjoy it too. This is Lori Cammy and Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable, and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.